Welcome to Equipus Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Who's glad they're in church tonight? Come on, let's give Jesus one more shout of praise tonight. Thank, thank you for your clap, but I said shout of praise. Just, sorry, that sounded a little bit demanding, didn't it? Apologies, apologies there. Um, one thing I'm really, really cautious of is that Jesus always gets the praise. Uh, I know that there's, God puts people in our worlds to bring covering and, and to bring uh, care and connection and all that. But, you know, if we can't reflect the glory to God, something's wrong. And everything that we do in our lives, the glory always goes to Jesus because without Jesus, uh, we're nothing. You know, and it's a real honor and a real privilege to lead the church, but we make sure always, always Jesus gets the praise. Amen. 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 Hey, grab yourselves a seat. Give someone a high five. Thank you, worship team. Amen. I love Rob's leading. Who, who loves Rob's leading? It's very good. I, I like it. Rob's a, you know, a massive crew over there. Looking after the massive crew. It's good. A um, couple of things just before we get into it tonight. Um, thank you for everyone that has uh, prayed. Prayed for myself and Pastor Jay Langridge from Monaco as we were over in India for the last um, sort of about eight, nine, uh, about nine-ish days out of uh, New Zealand. And um, uh, it, was, it was a really, really important trip. It was very, very, um, it was a lot of work. Um, I, I definitely used up most of my words generally by about uh, 11.30 a.m. in the morning. Uh, we did a lot of talking, um, but, but that's what we're there for. We're there for to encourage people, to spur people on. And Pastor Banu and Dina, they, um, they send your love and their thanks as well. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we are going to actually have Pastor Banu and Dina here with us in October. Um, just prior to the missions trip in November going over to India. And so um, India is an amazing place to go. We, we are really part of a movement over there that is, that is literally altering the cause and the direction of people's lives. Um, I don't have any photos to show you uh, today, but I'll have some organized for next week. Um, but literally we start off and we have programs that go all the way through from, from young children all the way up to teenagers and, and, and later to try and just help them get on, on a great pathway in life. And just seeing some of these young kids, boys and girls, playing football uh, at a very young age, giving them some purpose. And, and football is a great pathway, you would have thought, in India. Cricket is the pathway. Uh, you are right. But in Kolkata, football's massive. Football's huge. And so, again, we, we get to create a pathway through football going out at 7.30 a.m. to do football training. And um, Rob, you need to come to India and do some football training. Um, but just an amazing time there. To, uh, just, you just see the, the beautiful smiles on their faces and they're doing something. Then, uh, then it's, it's, real, it's a real hard thing to understand, but generally at around about, um, about, about 8.30, uh, about half of the kids disappear and leave. And you're like, okay, cool. And so, and I was like, well, where are they going? And they said, oh, they're, they're, this half is, is in school. The other half haven't made it into school. 
And so you see there's this amazing dynamic going on, on on just pathways in life and so many different ways. And so we get to just be part of the church over there. And Pastor Banu and Dina, thank you for our support. We, as a church, part of the miracle offering that you sow into and you give generously into every year, part of that money went to uh, Kolkata and in India uh, and, and we were able to be part of, we weren't just the solution, we were part of being able to care for the people in Kolkata and a small portion. But, you know, one of the, the amazing things that they did over that time through COVID is they actually, they provided and um, distributed over a million meals for people. That's huge. Talk about feeding the 5,000. Uh, this is this is a, an amazing miracle right there, and just being able to get into communities and slums and um, just different levels of, of life, and being able to impact the community there. And um, you know, over there, you don't work, you don't get paid. There's no benefits, there's no ACC, no nothing. And so when lockdowns happened, and no work, no pay. And so there was many, many, many people relying on the generosity of. Uh, what we would call the church, we say that quietly and offline, um, because the church still gets very much persecuted over there, but the other people actually on the ground doing some of the work. And so very much um, thankful for being able to be over there. I very much look forward to going in November again with a team to be able to impact um, the, the amazing team. And one of the, the greatest things is they just loved uh, us being able to there to, to pray with them. Uh, prayer is really, really powerful. I want to encourage you, as you know, as, as sometimes as as um, Westerners or whatever we would call ourselves, you know, sometimes we we always like, oh, you know, uh, we don't, don't don't don't. Sometimes I feel we don't pray as much as maybe we could, and you know, every single meeting, every single whether it was a meeting at lunchtime, whether it was a meeting here or a meeting there, we always finished with a time of prayer. And, uh, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, I feel like sometimes it's just God uh, putting his seal on the deal, uh, if you know what I mean. Not that God's into doing business, but yeah, I think you understand. So many cool things happening over there. Uh, if you'd like to know more about India, uh, come and have a talk to myself, talk to Jason, talk to Nicole. If you guys can just wave for a second and look that way. Those two have been on the India mission trip. Is anyone else from here that I've forgotten about? Lorna, oh, the amazing Lorna, David and Goliath, how could I forget that? The amazing Lorna down the back, and some other people have moved on to different churches now, Felicity, she's been, but just a really phenomenal time, and so maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll, uh, as we stir and build into the India missions trip, we'll get those guys up to share some testimonies in and around it with some photos, and just just truly amazing. Um, I want to I wanna just share a, a few thoughts Tonight, um, I'm just going to bring them together. Some of the, my quiet time over the period, over the time that we had in India, and um, so I pray that this is this is uh, not super super rehearsed, and I'm not trying to build up some excuses straight away. But I really believe God's going to move through it. But just some things that God was talking to me about in this. And um, if you were here this morning, there's just something brewing in my spirit right now. Is that we we've got to reach people for Jesus. I, I, I love you. I do love you. But you're sorted. Amen. You're going to go. I love what um, I was going to say. Pastor Rob shared this, this tonight uh, about boats. I love that thought. 
We've been, God's created us and made us to withhold and withstand certain areas and tests and trials. And we're going to go through stuff and, and all that sort of stuff. But, but we've got Jesus. You know, anyone want to sing it? With Christ as my captain, I can smile at the storm. Who's like, I've never heard that song before in my life. Or who, who give me a wave if you know the song. All right, eight people, nine people, that's good. Kids church, got to bring it back. I'm not sure, but um, we we I just there's something in my spirit that goes, man, we've got to reach people for Jesus because Jesus is our hope. Like you go through, we 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 could breeze through COVID with, with a bit of strain. Okay, I'm not saying it was easy, but we all still we've all still got a place to live. We've all still got a bed. Hopefully, none of us starved. But like, we, we, we can live in our Western world, and if we need to, we can rock down to the uh, closest winds or whatever, and, and we hopefully get some support whatsoever. And, and, and really, the reality is we've got a whole lot of options in front of us before we even think about Jesus. And I think in our Western mindset, sometimes we, we do that. First, the first option that we go to is what? Self. How far can I go by myself? How far can I go? And, and, and we go to ourselves, and until we get to the end of self, we really don't find the ultimate, which is Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so there's something in my spirit right now where I'm believing that between now and the second half of the year, we're going to see people saved. If you've all got people in your life that you know need Jesus in their life, there's that workmate who swears and curses, Jason, no. Jason's on staff. I'm just having him on. Having him. He does, he's the nicest and most politest guy you will ever meet. Amen. It's his boss that has the issues. No. Anyway. But there's, there's that person, there's that workmate who's just extra hard work. There's the neighbor that, you know, who's had those neighbors at war program. Or, or there's that. There's these people in your world that challenge you or whatever. Here's the thing. They need, they need to know the love of God. And so tonight, I just want to share with you just three ideas, three concepts, three points that hopefully encourages us for our worlds to get larger. You know, our worlds do get larger, by the way. As you get older, your world gets larger. Desiree and I never used to be able to manage and transport three children around a city doing sports, doing this, soccer, football, gymnastics, swimming, uh, play dates this day and that. We never used to be able to do that, but as our life is growing, our world has got larger. As you get older, your world gets larger because you just keep more responsibility. Your, your business will grow. Your world gets larger. Your, your, your peer group will grow. Your world gets larger. Our world will get larger, but what do we want it to get larger with? And so, let's read. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1, and I was very happy that Rob talked about boats today. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore at the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had, had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. 
Master Simon replied, we've worked hard all, all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down. And this time there was a net, the, the, their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boats, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with them. And it goes on. I want to just I just want to bring a couple of thoughts out of this passage tonight that I pray will hopefully encourage you. When I've read this, I I don't I don't know if you've ever picked this up, but the Bible's very, very specific. Nothing is in the Bible as accident. There's no words in there to fill in space like how I used to write essays to get through English. You don't know how many, 200, I don't even know how many words you need for an essay. But, um, you know, I used to, the Bible doesn't pad out words just for the sake of it. And, and I was reading it, and it, I just noticed, it says that he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. And I was, I was like, Lord, why, why, did you, why did you have written in your Bible, why did you notice two empty boats? Were there two empty boats? Well, were there three? Were there four? Was there a whole dock? Was, was it a port that boats would come in and out of? I, I don't know, but in this, in this particular story or this account, it's written here, there's two empty boats. And, and we know that and we read on and we've, heard this, we've read this account and, and all that, that Jesus gets into one of the boats. Jesus gets into Simon or Simon Peter's boat and he pushes out from the shore a little bit because crowds were pressing in on him. See, I wonder tonight is, is the first thing we have to do before anything can happen out of our life is ask Jesus to be in our boat. Now, this is as simple as tonight. And, 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 and if, if we're living our life paddling our own boat and putting up the sails and doing it all how, how we do it, we're going to struggle. We're going to live life difficultly. The fishermen had already been out that night. They'd already tried as hard as they could have fished. They caught nothing. But when Jesus said, and, and he, got, he, he asked Simon Peter, its owner, uh, if he could step into the boat, and he pushed it out into the deep. See, every single one of us will one day, or hopefully, maybe you've been brought along by a friend tonight, or, or you're already here and you've already answered this question, but will you let Jesus into your life? Will you let him into the boat or into, the, into everything about your life? See, with these fishermen, the, the, their boat was everything. Their boat was their identity. Their boat was their trust. How did they earn money? How did they make, make money and, and learn and, and, and trade and, and pay for bills and all that? That was all through their boat. You know, it was, it was, um, it was their life. Uh, and, and tonight, just real simply, is like, are you going to ask Jesus to be in your boat? Are you going to be asked, uh, would you ask Jesus to be in your entire life? Because sometimes we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But what right now then is overcrowding your boat? See, we can have Jesus in our boat, but then we can overcrowd it. We can have lots and lots of other things in there. But I, I like the thought that it goes on in this, and it just says this. Um, when Jesus speaks to Simon, and he says, push out into the deep, or where it is deeper, and, and let down your nets again. And so, so Simon Peter, he had, to, he had to obey God. I want to I encourage you, you know, sometimes at this time of year, people can feel real weary. 
People can feel real tired, worn out, distracted, ready for a break. I, I, I know a lot of people are, are, are very keen to get to shout because they feel like it's going to be a holiday, uh, which is cool, or, you know, it's a breakaway. In the middle of winter, it's the shortest hours on the clock, and, you know, everything just is the middle of a... Uh, uh, semester or in between the two semesters, not as many students in church. Rosters are like it's like pulling teeth to try and fill rosters right now. Am I allowed to say that? Or Desiree's like, no, I don't say that. I'll say that. <laughs> anyway, who likes doing the dishes at home? Anyone like doing the dishes at home? Would you like living in a mess? Hey, um, Desiree's like, rain it in. He's tired. Oh, I want to encourage you. If you're not on a team, get on a team. This just doesn't happen. Dishes don't just get done. There's no magic. Well, I was going to say microwave. No, dishwasher. Anyway, praise Jesus. Anyway, Jamasi, Jamasi. You can get away with that in India. You just say Jamasi. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where was I? Letting Jesus into your life. Have you asked him to be your Lord and Savior? I'm passionate about making it clear right now. I really believe that people need to know the love of Jesus. I want to encourage you, when, when you invite someone and bring them along to the church, they will hear the gospel. They will hear the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you know his love and you know his forgiveness. But will you, answer, will you let him into the life of your boat? The, the first point is let him step into your life. Let him step into your life. Even sometimes we might even have to say, Lord, even interrupt me. We can be so purposeful and so passionate about some of the things that are on the desires of our heart that we, we miss sometimes the direction of what God has for us. Number one tonight, let, let him step into your life. Let him be part of your life. Let him be part of your identity. Let him, let him be your, who you put your trust in. Let him be who you put your humility in and who you listen to. After this, it says, it says this, that they let, down a, uh, they let down the nets again and they caught uh, an amazing catch that they had to call for the people to bring the other boat. They had to bring the other boat, the second boat. Here's the thing is, Jesus sees you, but he also sees the person next to you. And could he use your life to influence the person's life next to you? I really pray that he can. And I really pray that he wants to, and I really pray that he will, but it's up to us whether we get him into our life first and we find our trust and humility in him. Are we all right tonight? All right. He loves you. He's for you. The next, next thought I've, I've, I've got tonight and in and around this is, is the wedding at Canaan. And um, many of you will know the story, and I just want to read it up from uh, verse 5 and where it says this. So, so, so basically, paraphrasing is that um, they were at a banquet, at a wedding. On the third day of the wedding, the wine ran out. If you were at a wedding for three days and the wine runs out after three days, go home. <laughs> okay? You've partied too long, and we need to have a partial catch-up when you've had a lot more water to drink. <laughs> okay? It's a joke, people. Tough crowd, right? Anyway, it's customary, all right? Yes, I know it's customary to be there and celebrate, which is good. And the wine runs out. And so Jesus' mother says to him, come on, can you help sort it out? 
And so, and she says, so do whatever he tells you. Verse 6, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial, ceremonial washing. Each could have hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instruction. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, there was not, not the, that, sorry, the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, thought, of course, the servants knew. But of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. Uh, a host always served the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign uh, at Canaan in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his discipleships. Disciples. Just... When I do my devotions, I just read some passages and I just muse. This is what I call musing. I just and I go, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this? And different different uh, words jump out at me, and you know, and in different ways of reading it. And as we as we read in in, in this in this uh, event, we know that the wine has run out, and we know that there's embarrassment that the wine has run out. It's, it's, it's an embarrassment to the bridegroom and, and it's embarrassment to the family and all that sort of stuff. And so there was a big deal that the wine had run out. But I like the fact here, it just says after three days. After three days. And I, so I just start thinking, okay, God, what, is, what else have you done in three days? What else have you done in three days? Now, to me, the obvious one is in three days, he died and he rose again. And in three days, many things can happen in three days. Lots of things happen in three days, we know that the, the wine was, was the, 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 there was okay wine beforehand, but there was better wine after Jesus had dealt with it, right? I don't know about you, but you were okay. I'll just share it now. You're all right. You know, generally, we put up with a bit of stuff in life. We can handle a little bit. Of, now, we've all got different attitudes and stuff, but here's the thing is, when, when we let Jesus have a bit of us, when, when after three days and when we know the resurrection life of Jesus Christ out of our life, you, you go from average wine to great wine. In fact, the, you, what you become is you get the attention of the, of the people that are in that world and in that position. See, I really believe that, you know, once Jesus has become part of us, our life should be a whole lot better. Our experience should be a whole lot better. But man, there's so many times where we're, we're, we're like, oh, actually, is that person a believer in Christ? Just, just give me some of the old wine. This, now this wine's bitter. Or this one, sometimes I just, like I've met people who, who, who say they love Jesus, but what they don't do is they don't let him pour into them. See, see we've got to let God get into our, let him step into our life, but we've got to let him pour into our life as well. And as, as believers, and that's what Tammy was talking about this morning, was that sanctification process. As, as we got to let, come on, God, pour into our life. We, see, we, the Bible says that we are just mere clay jars. And then the story here, it says that they took six water gallons, sorry, six jars, and, 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 the, and they poured water into it. God did a miracle. Come on, God can do a miracle in your life. Many times I've shared with you, patience is something I've, I've had, to, had to grow into. And, uh, you know, I'm like, come on, God, help me with my patience. Help me with my joy. 
Help me with my love. Help me with this. And the only way you can do that is by that sanctification process and asking Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. See, in, in Galatians, it talks very clearly. It says, you know, the world, what your world was like, full of before, when you were like with average wine, you were, when you were following the desires of your sinful nature in, in verse 19 of chapter 5. It says this very clearly. There's all sorts of things going on. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sinful sin, sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's old wine. That's old you. That's the old that's, that's not who God's best is for you. But when you let Jesus pour into you, something starts to happen and through your life. And it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit out of our, lo- out of our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no other laws greater than these. And Jesus goes on. Come on, as, as we let Jesus pour into our life, we can let him do a miracle. It's a miracle that this stuff changes us. We can't just go, oh, come on, God, I need a, I need a love better. I've got to be kinder. Come on, give me a hug then. No, no it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a miracle from God and when we have humility and we say, okay, Lord, pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. I love being a father. I had, to, I had to find love, joy, peace, patience, and all that. When we got married, I had to learn the whole things, and a whole lot of things. And, 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 and just how to pre- prefer Desiree first. Because we're all selfish, or is it just me? Okay, that's all right. No, we, we, I needed to learn. And then we have children. Now I've got to learn how to put them first. And I've got to learn how to love them. And I do love them. There is a baseline here, people. There is a baseline. It just gets bigger and bigger. You know what I mean. I love you. He's not even listening. right? But it's just letting God pour into your life. And and let it let, allow yourself the process. Allow yourself the process. Sometimes it takes a bit of time to let the Holy Spirit do something in your life and pray and show humility and say, Lord, come and show me how. And, and, and you know, get into your Bible and start hunting out Bible verses around love or start hunting out Bible verses around forgiveness. Start hunting out Bible verses around about being patient. And start letting that, letting the Holy Spirit pour into your life. Cool. So the first one was um, let, let let Him step into your life. The, the second one was let Him pour into your life. And the last one, um, oh, before we get into the last one, one of the one of the challenges when we say, "Lord, pour into my life," is We've still got to be willing to let him change us. A lot, of, a lot of times we say, here I am, Lord. Do something. 
And then he comes and he meets you where you're at, and he says, okay, now, now it's your turn to surrender. Now it's your turn to change some things, and, and, and there's a big wrestle going on. See, if you keep on reading, and again, I know I've said this before, but I, I believe everything is very purposeful in the Bible and what follows everything. And after what follows the wedding at Canaan is when Jesus comes in and he clears the temple. The temple is a place where people were supposed to bring an offering to the Lord and, and bring a sacrifice. The temple was a place of, of worship. The temple was a place of, of, of honoring God with their life. But when Jesus comes in and he says, it was, it says this in verse 13, it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem in the temple area and he saw merchants selling cattle and, and, and sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at the tables exchanging foreign, exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from the ropes and chased them out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered money changes, coins all over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold the doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Why I wanted to bring this up um, tonight just a little bit is because, you know, reading through this, I was like, I can understand how Jesus was passionate about these things, but I can also understand the convenience. You know, it's convenient that there were cattle and sheep and doves there. Because, you know, if you're going on a long journey or you're going somewhere, you don't really want to bring old Daisy along with you, do you? You don't want to have to bring a cage with a few doves along with you. You don't want to have to bring a few sheep along with you. Like, it's convenient that there, was, that there were these things in the temple. And, and maybe if you were coming from a long way and they only dealt in a certain currency, it would be quite convenient to have a, a, a bank there that you can change your money in so that then you can go and get your offering and you can bring it into the temple. Like, come on, God, what's wrong with that? That's convenience. That's smart. The issue is it's not what you were supposed to do. If you all go all the way back to Cain and Abel, it said they were to bring they were to bring. See, when you go on a pilgrimage or you bring something to God, it takes effort. It, it takes a sacrifice. Come on, Daisy. I don't know how far you've got to travel your cow down the road or whatever. But, but sometimes, we like, sometimes we even treat church as convenient. And we're like, okay, sometimes we, we treat God as convenient. Lord, here I am. Bless me. Bless me. But if we want Jesus to pour into our life, come on, let him turn over the tables that are of convenience in our life. Turn over the tables that are not supposed to be in our world right now. Some of you have heard me say this, and I'm going to bring it up because I like it. See, sometimes we, we, we need to turn over the comf tables in our life. Okay, tough crowd again. We get comfortable. I hate eating food on the ground. I like sitting at a table. I, I like having my comfortableness. I like being that. But sometimes we've got to say, okay, if it's not supposed to be in my world, we've got to let Jesus turn it over. Amen? We, I love you. I do need more sleep. I got back from India and I thought, man, I really feel like I'm a crockpot dish. I've just been like pulled pork in a hot tub for like the last 10 days. <sighs> I, was, I was ready to get home. I was showing them the whole time. Ah, yeah, yeah, see, you're 34 degrees. We got four. Four. 
Humidity levels 100%. It's like we need to turn the heaters up in here, and I just need some squirty bottles. Anyway, thank you for praying for us. Okay, so first one is let him step into your life. Let it, second one, let him pour into your life. And the last one of the music team, you guys can jump up, please. And I, think, I remember around God wants to step into your boat and he wants to work, in our, work, work with us and walk with us and let us deal with some stuff. And here's the thing is you don't have to be perfect to hold up a principle. God will love and he'll use you as he's working with you as long as there's humility in you. And, and so don't, don't wait until you're perfect. You, 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 you're going to be dead. I'm not perfect. The person next to you is not perfect. But our desire to reach people for Jesus and our humility is what attracts people. So let God step into your boat, into your life. Let him pour into your life. Let him breathe into you. You know, the, the second part of your life with Jesus in it is supposed to be the best. As you let him work in your life. Ephesians chapter 3. And this is a great passage of scripture. Anything or anything out of Ephesians is. It's a great book. I love it. Um, and it's, it's Paul's prayer of spiritual growth. And I probably use this about 10 times a year. But it says, when I think of all of this, and I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And it says your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Verse 20, very famous passage of Scripture. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or ever think. Glory to Him in the church and to Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I I, I love this passage of scripture and the point coming from it is let God step into your life let God pour into your life but let God flow through your life let God flow through your life I think one of the main scriptures in this passage here is let your roots your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. See, sometimes we're unsure how to be used by God. Sometimes we're unsure of how to let go of things. Sometimes we're unsure how the miracles are going to work. But, but the, greatest, the greatest thing that you can draw on and you know is that power flows from God's love. The power of God flows through from His love. I think... Many, many, many years ago, 25 years ago, 
There was an amazing song called The Power of Your Love by Hillsong. And as, as, as a believer in Christ, anything you need will be found in the power of God's love. Whatever you need. If you need forgiveness, you'll find it in God's love. You might have been hurt. You might have been destroyed. But that's where you have to go a little deeper. That's where it says you will find how wide. You will find how deep. You will find how, how high God's love is. And, that, and, and when you find and you, and you find everything you need in Him, then you'll launch from that platform and let the, let the power of God move through your life. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you're going to cry. Sometimes you're going to be hurt. Sometimes you're going to be massively disappointed. Sometimes you're going to just want to throw it all away. But that's where you grow. And you grow deep. And you grow deeper. And you grow deeper until you find your answer in God's love. Sometimes you've got to keep pushing and keep going. Many times like we hear about different miracles. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, she pushed and she found God's love. Sometimes our roots grow down into God's love. And you know, when, when the Bible talks about roots, it's, I want you to remember that the root system on the, underneath the tree is quite vast for what's above the ground. And you can let God use you. You can let God grow in you. And He's going to do a whole lot of things under the surface. And not everyone's going to know what you've been through to get to that blossoming flower on the outside or that tall oak tree. But He'll use you. And it goes on, it says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. I want to tell you tonight that you'll, you'll experience God's love and, and you'll have a breakthrough in an area. But guess what? There's more. Guess what? There's more. Guess what? There's more. Guess what? God's got more for you. You're like, I might not be feeling it. it's the middle of winter, the daylight hours are zero. It's four degrees. And you're feeling like you're a bit tired. Feeling like you might be worn out. Guess what? There's more. Guess what? There's more love for you. There's more love for me. There's more love for you. You'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. When we let God flow through us, and that's where it goes on to now. All glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us. He loves you, but He wants to use you. He wants to use you to reach this world for Jesus. Hey, why don't we stand? And I'm just going to pray through those things tonight, and we're going to finish. You know, you might have. You might be a follower of Jesus for a long time. You might have given your heart to Him. He might be your Lord and Savior. You might have declared Him, and you might be walking with Him. But but is but but is He in your boat? Uh, is He in the center of your life? Does does your world involve Him, or is He part of the luggage at the back? Is He just sitting somewhere on the side? just waiting to be used when we need Him? 
Is he like, oh, there's a storm, quick, throw out the anchor? No, you know what I mean. And Tonight's just an opportunity to go, you know what, Jesus, I, I need you in the center. There's a song, I don't know the team, I don't need you guys to sing it, but it says, Jesus, be the center of it all. It's a great song. It's just a great declaration. Jesus, be the center of everything. Come on, is he the center of your life? I want to encourage you. Let him be the center of your life. There's many times where I've had to alter. Many times where I've just been doing what I've been doing and off you go and then suddenly you're like, hey, where's Jesus? Where's he gone? You have to unpack some stuff. Oh, there you are. Okay, come back. Lord, I need you. I need you first. I need you first. So we're going to pray for that. We're going to pray also that, just like even Psalm 51, where it says, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Maybe you've known the grace and God's love pouring out into your heart. And you've, you've experienced His love and you're that fine wine. But just over time, you've just let little things get in. It's just changed. It's just altered the taste of your life. It's just changed it around a little bit. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. But there's just that. It's just some things get into our world, and it just changes the taste of our life. Come on, if we're all honest, we've we've all had bad days. You know, if you've ever spoken, talked to someone, and they've given you a short answer, you're like, "Oh, okay, over here then. How are you doing?" You know, everyone goes has bad moments. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. But if there becomes a pattern, come on, something's happened to the taste of their life or, or your life or my life. And I'm going to pray into that. And I'm going to pray into the overflow. Come on, Jesus noticed two boats. Two boats. He notices your neighbor. He notices your workmate. He notices your flatmate. He notices the school principal or the teacher. He notices them. And your life is near their life. And out of your life, the power of God can flow into their life. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.